0: If you have Bibles this morning and would like to join me in the reading of the Scripture, we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 2 for the sermon. <clears throat> Try not to cough too much this morning. I'm, I'm getting over a, uh, a cold that I've had for a few weeks. Um, it's kept me from doing some of the things that I enjoy doing, like visiting in nursing homes. I pray that that uh, will be resolved soon and I can get back to some of those things, but <clears throat> in the first service I had to... Clear my, clear my throat a few times. The title of the sermon is Magi in 2018. We're going to look at Matthew 2, at the example of Magi. I want to start by telling you that Magi were experts in the study of stars. They would look at the heavenly bodies, study them, and make predictions. They would advise national rulers um, and be called upon... Um, To help explain reality. But I want to tell you this morning, right off the bat, that even though I entitled this Magi in 2018, I don't want you to be a Magi. We're going to learn from the Magi in Matthew chapter 2, but I don't want you to stop at the stars. I want you to be searching for and looking for the creator of the stars. Right, because let me give you a survey, a brief survey of the way magi is used in scriptures. It's not really good, right? Daniel chapter two, Daniel, uh, you know, was taken captive and living there in Babylon, and he was called in after the king had called in the astrologers or magi to read the writing on the wall and the sorcerers. They couldn't do it, so they got Daniel to do it, right? Because Daniel knew the creator of the stars and could interpret the dream. In Acts 13.6, we're identified. The word magi is used to describe a Jewish sorcerer named Bar-Jesus, or Elmias, who was identified as a false prophet. He stood in opposition to Paul and Barnabas in teaching the word of God. Paul actually pronounced a curse on that magi, and it blinded him, and in the process of doing that, won over the pro-council to faith. So do I want you to become a Magi in 2018? No. But what I want you to do, and I'll give you another title to substitute in for that in just a bit, I want to learn and glean from the Magi that we look at in Matthew 2 because when we read this account, I think there's some things from their story that can help us to be people of faith that honors God in 2018. They had a combination that I'm going to point out to you. A combination of general revelation with specific revelation that they combined, and then they responded to that in their worship as they went to Jerusalem to find the Christ child. So the sermon will investigate their their life and their story, and it's going to build for us an example for living out wise faith in 2018, right? So the first 12 verses are predominantly what my sermon points come from, but I'm going to read you the rest of the story. Uh, because the actions of the Magi influenced the king of Jerusalem, the king of Israel, King Herod. So let's join together in our text. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Now that says the east, so we're thinking perhaps the regions of Babylon or maybe even Persia, right? But we know that it's not a day's journey, right? Several hundred miles to get there. When he, um, where's the one who has been born, king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And because King Herod was disturbed, that all Jerusalem was with him, also disturbed. You know, this King Herod killed some of his own sons, because he felt that they were threatening his position for the throne. So he said, I'm going to wipe out this this threat to the throne. I'm going to kill my own family and maybe even some wives along with this. So when King Herod was upset, all Jerusalem knew it. The, the, The Magi visit disrupted the city. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem? In Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet was written. They're answering him from scripture. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. So this is a second consult with the Magi because he's scheming a plan here. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go. And make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. So the star led them to Jerusalem, and then it reappeared, leading them specifically to Bethlehem. On coming to the house, notice we're not in the stable anymore. Jesus is not in the manger. They're in the house, so this is sometime after the birth of Jesus. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. As I read it, I thought about this scripture this week, I thought, if they hadn't come, if they hadn't come, Jesus still was born in Bethlehem, so the Micah prophecy was fulfilled. If they hadn't come, there would have been some moms in Bethlehem that would have been spared what was about to happen because they did come and didn't return to Herod. But because they did, Listen to what happens. This is the rest of the story. When they had gone, the wise men returned. They went back to their homes. They didn't report back to Herod. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. We see God's protection over his son. So he took, he got up. He took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod, And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem in his vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So it was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, he will be called a Nazarene. May God add his blessing to his reading of his word. <clears throat> so let's look at a couple of things from the example of the Magi, and I'm going to use the same titles for us to kind of build into 2018 as a goal for us to live out faith. The first thing that, that influenced the Magi was the general revelation of the stars. God's general revelation is there for everyone to see. Psalm 19 says this, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of His hands. Our, the sun is, is faithful and rising in the mornings. Right? As long as we have life, as long as God continues to keep the planets spinning and things hanging in orbit, the sun will come up one day, number eight of the year, right? And nine, and 10, and 256, and 365. Right? The heavens declare the glory of God. Isn't it... Isn't it interesting that we can look into the stars and we can find the Big Dipper? Or some of you that have eyes to see and have looked long enough can see the bear or Orion. Any of you good at looking and picking out those things in the night sky? Well, with a telescope or by the naked eye, some of you can do that. They could, even in the Old Testament. Job was one of the earliest books of the Bible written. In Job 9:9, Job confesses about God. He is the maker of the bear and Orion. The Pleiades and the constellations of the south, Isaiah and Amos and second kings all talk about the stars and the constellations. So the Magi, as they went about in their normal setting, they looked at the stars, they studied them, they noticed God's handiwork. They noticed something different. When they got to Jerusalem, they announced, we saw his star in the east and we have come to worship him. So they were influenced by what they had seen in the stars. This is God's general revelation for us. Now, you think about this for a second. If you think about what it took for them to do that, they had to leave their normal routine, their tents, their their telescopes or whatever they had to look at the stars. They're set up and they had to gather resources. They had to put together perhaps some camels or donkeys and mules and a, a team of support to go and make this long journey. It took them faith and courage and perseverance based upon the general revelation that God had provided for them. But that wasn't all that they had. They also had specific revelation of the Scripture, all right? So these are the two combinations that we're putting together this morning. The general revelation of God's handiwork that's going to be around us to see this year, along with the specific revelation of Scripture. And you think, well, what might have been there for them? Well, I already told you that Daniel... Right, one of the places they might have originated from was Babylon. And Daniel was there. The Babylonians had captured, captured right, Jerusalem, and it seized them and taken them off. And in the course of writing, Daniel's, and looking at his text, you can look at Daniel 9, 24, 27, in which they might have studied. And Daniel, in this text, puts out a timeline which describes God working in the affairs of mankind. A 70 weeks, which would guide the astrologers to be looking for something. They might have also had uh, writings from Numbers twenty four seventeen, which includes the words from Balaam. You know, that Balaam was from the town of Pethor on the Euphrates River near Persia. So it's a, a, a place in the east where these magi might have had these writings. And that writing says this, "'I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star.'" shall come out of Jacob. Now that line alone would catch, the, would catch the mindset of astrologers, right? A star will come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheph. So they saw something happening in the night sky. They searched their scriptures and they said, let's put these two things together. And in doing so, They set out on an adventure and a journey that changed their life. They got there, (coughs) excuse me, and they asked, they didn't just say, We saw his star, but they asked this question, Where is the one who was born king of the Jews? And it was that question that threw Herod into a tizzy. All right? But it reveals that they were guided by specific revelation. Now they responded. They responded. When they got to the house, Matthew 2.11 says, that they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. I pray you have a great year in 2018. I pray that it's filled with God's blessings in your life, but I pray it's also filled with you worshipping God this year in in amazing ways. With all that you have, this is a viable thing that you can offer. your, Your worship to God. We're going to touch on this a little bit later in the sermon, but I want you to just grasp what's happening in in the Magi in Matthew chapter 2. This was the first Gentile worship of Jesus. Jesus is still a a two-year-old, perhaps, a toddler. Who has worshipped Jesus so far? Well, the shepherds were there early, right? Jews. Jesus was probably also recognized and worshipped by Simeon and Anna in the temple when his parents took him for the rite of purification. But maybe beyond that, not a lot of people. It was kind of a silent thing. And here comes these guys from the east, from a foreign city, cities that have captured our nation before. And they're coming in and they're bowing down before Mary and Joseph. For me, that's an amazing thing that God can do uh, Incredible works of transformation in people. We should live in awe of the things that God can do. It makes me ponder, is anyone too far from God, too lost and caught up in idol worship, too caught up in their daily habits that God's glory in his creation or his power and his sovereign control cannot reach into their lives, turn their eyes and their heart to him to find Jesus the Christ? If you can do it with pagan star worshipers and gazers, scientists, perhaps, if we just call them that, and point them to the eternal creator, what can he do for your neighbor that is resistant to Christ? What can he do to your family member that doesn't want to hear anything about what you have to say about Jesus being born to save them? What can he do to the atheist, the agnostic? What can he do to the Muslim terrorist? God can do amazing things. We have that example from the Magi in Matthew 2. God's grace enabled these astrologers to find Jesus despite their imperfect means. They responded in worship, and then they gave valuable gifts. They opened their treasures. They gave him gold, incense, and myrrh. I wondered if these gifts allowed Joseph, especially the gold, to make the trip to Egypt, right? Right? How do we get to Egypt and back, and then from Egypt back to Galilee? Maybe the gold. Do you ever think that maybe Mary kept some of those things? Like, we, we have keepsakes for our little ones, like little Gracie here. Sarah's putting together little things from, from her life, right? Uh, and maybe putting them in a box to say, remember, this was your first haircut. This is the first tooth that came out of your mouth, right? These are your first gifts. What if Mary kept a little box for Jesus and say, here's a piece of gold that Wise men from Babylon brought to you. Here's some of the frankincense. Here's some of the myrrh. It's not in scripture, but you just have to wonder, right? If they may have done that. But these wise men, then their final response is that they were directed by God. They were being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. They returned to their country by another route. That's an example of a magi that we can glean from. Do I want you to become magi in 2018? The answer is no. I don't want you just to look at the stars. I don't want you just to study the stars and stop there. I want you to respond to the creator of the stars. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to ask you, instead of being magi in 2018, to be wise men and wise women of 2018. Okay, so we're going to cross out the word magi and put wise men and wise women in there. And I want you to be not experts in the stars, but experts in following Jesus. Our mission is to bring Jesus to each person using our gifts. And we use the tags connect, grow, and share. I'm going to connect those tags with the points that I made from the Magi in Matthew chapter 2. The first point was that general revelation happens. All right. I want you to notice in every day this year, we're on day 7, so we're pretty early in in the cycle of days. I want you to notice God's handiwork in your day. Okay, that can be a sunrise. That can be the air that you breathe before you get out of bed in the morning, right? Ah, <sighs> Okay, there's air to breathe today. I have the ability to do that, right? Now, if you do a big breath like that and you start hacking and coughing, all right, then thank God for the way that your body, your immune system is working to heal you from the, the germs and the infection that might be in your body and the way he's working, right? Even the body as you look at it is a great way to remind us that we have an awesome creator, okay? I want you to notice God through his general revelation this year. Now, our seasons change. God's the gods of the season. Before long, we're going to see flowers starting to poke up from the ground. It was like, oh, isn't it a beautiful morning, right? It, the birds are chirping. We can hear them as we come in, and some of you don't want to come in to worship because you want to stay out in that glory, right? That's coming. I want you to notice God's general revelation throughout the year on a daily basis, In the wisdom that he grants us to do that, as we look for his hand and celebrate his impact on our lives, we'll recognize at the beginning and throughout the day and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let me rejoice and be glad in it. All right? This is the first step for us in being wise this year is to recognize that every day that God gives to us is a gift and every day is from him. There's going to be bad things. There's going to be some tough stuff. but There's going to be celebrations as well. God is constant. He is faithful to provide, and we can see him in the general revelation. Now, I want to take this a little step further because I want to take it to a point that we sometimes don't always think about. Part of God's general revelation is seen within each human who is made in his likeness. We are all image bearers of our creator. Okay? Are you with me? We all bear the image of our creator. So looking at a beautiful sunset or or sunrise, we can easily cause us to marvel at God's handiwork (coughs) and bring worship and praise to us. That's not so hard. Most of you can do that, right? Sometimes it's a little more challenging when we're looking at people uh, that can respond with words or glances that aren't so pleasant for us to look at them and say, boy, look at that handiwork of God right there. And marvel at that, right? That's the that's the challenge for us to see God's general revelation within humanity, and that's what I want to encourage us to do. That uh, I want us to be uh, able to look and and even at some point, as we shared yesterday in our men's breakfast, we talked about getting rid of some of the idols in our lives, and 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 we have to admit that we all battle these things, which try to take God off of the throne and put other things there, like a sports team or food or uh, sexual immorality, things that challenge us from having God as central and the number one love of our lives, um, is that we have to be brutally honest with each other. And then if I can find a relationship with another man, another brother, and, uh, or, or sister to sister, and we can say, this is where I'm struggling, but this is what God's doing. And we begin to see and share that connection and that work of God, then we can say, oh my goodness, God is doing work here. He's transforming our brokenness into beauty. He's in the business, you know. God can take our shame and our selfish actions from us and turn it into something that's pure and beautiful. Has that happened in your life? God can take the bitterness from our life and turn it into something sweet. God can provide for the ignorant glimpses of his master plan. God can do more than we can ever ask or imagine. Amen? the ability to see that God is at work in us is a blessing that points to an openness in us that believes that God can transform and shape our own lives. He's still working on me to make me all I want to be. There's a little song that goes with that. I can't remember the next stage right, I'll sing it for you. I'm glad that he's still working on me. Tracy, this is a chance for you to say amen back there. And some of you also going, yeah, that's good. Some of you are singing a song, right? He's still working on us, right? Uh, because we allow him to, and we're open to it. And he transforms us like he transforms the seasons. He begs and makes new things. Praise God for that. So I want you to have eyes to see in his general revelation that you're a part of it, okay? I also want you to have eyes to see that he's working at others in our family as well. The ability to see that God's at work In others, in the life of another person requires us to look, to listen, and to let our observations and reactions be led by Him. So we pray, God, give me your eyes, and God, give me your ears, give me your words. So questions that we can ask to guide us in this in 2018 are, God, where are you at work? We should see that. We should see an answer to that as we look at creation all around us. And if we, if we invest in the lives of others and we pause sometimes to say, hey, what's God doing in your life? And we begin to share honestly and ask and, and share. We can support and grow together in that and become wise, expert followers of Jesus. What are you doing within us and among us? So I want you to pull on your faith telescope and your binoculars and look for God's handiwork in your familiar. Connecting with our almighty God is one way that we can live in wisdom in 2018. Right? That's the general revelation part. Let's talk about the specific revelation. This is our grow component. The Magi of chapter 2 knew that they were pursuing, knew what they were pursuing because of the specific revelation from Scripture. The Word of God, preserved for us, allows us to know that we have a triune God and for us to know each person of that triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It teaches us how to approach Him, how to love Him, how to worship Him, and how to follow Him. We can grow as disciples by letting the Word of God direct us, encourage us, comfort us, rebuke us as it stands among us, uniting us as our guide. (coughs) I was looking over our tenants' records uh, and doing some year-end evaluation, and for a variety of reasons— I believe that regularly attending the worship service of your home congregation, it's important. One element of our motto statement is grow, connect, grow, and share. We can track attendance growth, but more importantly, we want to see spiritual growth. We just don't want to see more people sitting in pews. We want to have people that come that are engaged with the Word of God and engaged in following Jesus, right? For our own good and for the good of the world and for the glory of the kingdom. If we're doing it right, then it's good. It will multiply. It will grow. We'll invite others to come and join us on the process. So at the end of 2018, that's 360 days almost from now. I want us to be able to look back and say, we can see where God was working. We can, see, we can see some growth. We can see that he was leading us and that we were responding. right? Don't you want to see that? We're in this together. I want to see God at work. I want to be where, he, where he's doing what he's doing. And to have the courage and faith to be able to say, he's working over here, but we're here. We need to try something new or go there. And be in prayer for those answers. The specific revelation, though, comes from the Word of God. To be led by Scripture, to be led to to follow Him through the ways that He's provided for us. So I'm just putting out some things this morning, some ways that you can grow through receiving the specific revelation of God's Word in 2018. If you don't have it already, I encourage you to read your Bible daily. Find, find reading plans, right? Begin with a book of the Bible. Maybe you can read through Matthew since we preached out that today. Or find a shorter book to read through you can find some success. Creating the daily habit of reading or someone from the first service says they got a Christmas gift where they can actually listen to the Bible. So you can buy the Bible and just listen to it. You're not a good reader? Well, buy a CD that plays it for you. You can listen to it, maybe even while you work. All right? Or uh, another way, Let's just say that I believe that you're going to hear from the word of God, instructions (coughs) and examples. This is the first of 52 weeks. I'll be here for most of those 52 weeks. And I want to tell you that I want to prepare each of those weeks by looking into the word of God to bring you a message that if you came, let's say you came 50 out of those 52 weeks. We gave you two, two weeks off. Some of you think that's a pretty high standard. Then 50 of those weeks of the year, we're going to give you some thoughts to take from here that you can grow into your faith walk and your discipleship of Jesus throughout the week. I know there's more things that happens on Sunday mornings than the sermon, and and they're all good, right? There's a lot of reasons why I think it's important for us to come together, but this is just one that I'm telling you is going to happen to get us into the specific revelation of God's word. There's more beyond sermons. If you can't come, you can watch online. But we can also plug you into some small groups to help you grow beyond where you currently are. Some of you might have set a resolution last week to say, I want to get healthier in 2018. So what can I do to change my habits to do that? And some of you might said, I'm going to join a group. I'm going to join a health class. I'm going to go over to some place where there's going to be some accountability to me uh, to do this. Well, the same is true perhaps here. We want you to maybe plug into something that's new so that you can grow in the specific revelation of God's Word. We want our small groups to be based upon the, the, the teaching from God's Word, right, and to grow from that. Here are some of them. Sunday schools are happening every Sunday morning. We're going to offer from the deacons a deacon video series starting mid-February for about four weeks or so on Sunday evenings, a chance for you to pick and choose from a a sample of, of growth, specific word growth series. We have some Wednesday night small groups. There's two women's Bible studies going on on Wednesday night. That's pretty cool. There's a men's Bible study. We're going to study Galatians starting Wednesday night. And we also, last summer, began to do some home small groups, some things outside of the church where we're trying to multiply this year. What if some of those things can be attracted to you for the specific revelation of God to be poured into your life. If none of those things happen, you could also use resources like our right now media resource to help you growing in God's word. Jesus said this about his specific revelation, how it fuels growth. In John 15:5, he says, "If a person remains in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit." All right? I want you to be a part of that. The church congregation shouldn't, it shouldn't be a 20-80 a, a kind of thing where 20% of the people are bearing fruit and serving and doing, where 80% are not. You are in the body of Christ. You're an active part of what we're doing. I want you to experience the blessings of serving and knowing Jesus as you serve him. And letting him work through you. Jesus continued, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. I don't want you to be doing nothing. I want you to be bearing much fruit for him to find those blessings. Okay, so we have two things. General revelation. You're looking for God's handiwork, all right? Specific revelation comes from being in God's word, all right? Let's not confuse that. We put those two together in your life every day this year, and there's going to be a response, There's going to be some worship. There's going to be some sharing that's happening. Your shared worship back to God and his love and sharing through you, right? Remember the Magi, they fell on their knees and they worshiped. They gave valuable gifts and then they followed God's advice to go on. So I asked this morning, what will be our response to doing these two things together? To daily recognizing God's creative power that we live in right? God's been faithful to water us, to feed us, to heal us, protect us in the physical realm. In the spiritual realm, God's been faithful to save us, redeem us, completely forgive us, and fill us with his presence, making our temporary bodies temples of the most high. He's preserved his specific revelations that we may know him and grow into his likeness. How will we respond? Will you fall on your knees and worship? I hope that our worship time together here is such a vital time that you don't want to miss it. You love coming to sing, to share, to pray, to hear the word, to fellowship. I hope that it becomes such an important part of your routine that you say, I don't want to miss Sunday mornings. I want to go. Will you offer your mind and your voice to sing his praise? Will you serve his body to build her up? Will you surrender your body? And say, I want to worship by giving my body as a living sacrifice. I'm going to offer the words that I come out of my mouth as worship because I know that God's at work in my life and I read from his specific word. I am going to offer my mind and my eyes and my mouth, my stomach, to purity, truth, and health. Will you allow the Holy Spirit of God to move you into making decisions that honor God and not simply go along with the ways of the world? Remember, the Magi, they didn't go back. They didn't follow the king of Israel, even though he had the power to take their lives. Will you destroy the idols that are in your life that challenge your heart's surrender to love God completely? Will you try something new this year? Will you go on a faith journey to discover something about Jesus that you have not experienced? So what happens if in our lives if that equation is something if something is missing, right? It's a really simple equation. General revelation plus specific revelation equals response. So let's just, let's just say we take out some of these things. Let's say we take out this connection. That connecting part with God, I believe, means a personal relationship with, with God. Right? Let's say that that's, you don't, really don't pursue that at all. And you're all about just reading the Word Right, getting all the instructions, and you become like a little bit legalistic. This is just what I have to do. This is just what's before me. There's there's no response to a through a personal relationship of love. It's just like here are the rules, and I'm gonna follow them. You might become a little rigid, right? You might become a little bit judgmental of those that maybe can't follow the rules. Right? You might be missing that personal relationship which melts your heart and that knows that God loves you. Let's say we're going, let's say we miss, let's say we have that personal connection. We say, I just love God. I know He loves me so much. I just love Him with all my heart. I just love Him. Just love Him to death. But you never read how He guides your life. There's no instruction which guides your love into action. And you say, just love God. It's all good. Just go about this world and just love. Love, 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 love. Never stop anything. Never do anything wrong. Just love. God's just a God of love. And you miss the specific revelation where God lays out his love and say, here's how you love me, if you obey me. If we miss that, then we might just be superficial, right? The world might see Christians as, oh, just, just love, it's all good, love everybody. We've got to put these two together so that our response shows a good reflection of the God that we're following. In conclusion i want gonna ask you, how many of you will profess to have found the sacrificed Son of God? Have you found him? Have you found the Jesus that died on the cross for your sins? The Jesus that was in a, a born as a baby grew up to be a man. And he took on the sins for us. How many of you found him? Many of you did. Maybe raise your hand, right? Praise God for that. How many of you have found? The Jesus Christ that came back to life on the third day and is now sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for you and me, and saying, I got a place prepared for you, interceding for you. How many found that risen Lord? Right? Okay. You know what? The Magi in chapter two, they only found a baby being held in his mom's arms. And they fell and they worshiped and they gave valuable gifts. Since we have found Jesus to be so much more than that baby, what will we do in 2018 as we look for his handiwork in our everyday, as we honor him enough to look into his specific revelation, and then we respond and share our worship with him and the world? What will God do in Coventry Church or the Brethren in 2018? Our story is not done. Our story is still being written together and individually. I invite you to be a part of the story. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this story of these um, magi, these men or women that were called to go and find Jesus. (coughs) Lord, we praise you this morning that we have found Jesus, and we want to worship him. We want to see um, we want to see your handiwork involved in us, Lord, and uh, I just pray, Lord, for each man and woman and child that's here today, that as we try to put this simple, this simple equation at work in our lives, that we would see and respond to you, and that we would be in awe of what you're doing. So we pray that you do big things with us, Lord, not because we deserve it, not because we have special talents, not because we uh, are your favorite congregation of all the congregations that are meeting around the world, but Lord, because we pray that you receive honor and glory and that the name of Jesus is lifted high here and that you're pleased and you say, well done as we offer our lives to you in worship. May it be so. And then the world would know that we truly are wise because we follow and pursue after the Christ child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Brother Ben.